Computer, initialize Holosuite. Holosuite Media. Hello and welcome to The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I am one of your two hosts. My name is Carl West and I'm joined by Chris Hill. Chris, hello. How's it going? It's going good, man. It's going good. I trust everything's good for you. Yeah, so far. Nothing too major at the moment. We'll see how this podcast goes then. (laughs) Hopefully nothing changes (laughs) uh, by the end of the hour. Uh, We are here today, guys, to do another audio commentary. Our first one, Mm -hmm. I think, was very well received so i'm really looking forward to get into this one a little bit of a theme going with our audio commentaries now we're doing a bit more i guess the more controversial enterprise episodes slash those not as well received yeah that's the best way to describe it not as well received at the time of their launch and some of them even still now so we are this week going to talk about a night in sickbay which is the fifth episode of season two won't spoil the plot because we're all about to watch it together we would love you to watch along with us on this, but if you're not able to, for whatever reasons, we will have the audio of the episode playing during this podcast, so you will be able to hear what we're talking to, so it won't be completely random discussion for you to have to try and follow, Yeah, so you can take part and follow along with that, but... We'll also count it in so we can all press play at the same time, so up to you how you want to listen to this week's podcast. Uh, before we get into it... A little bit of business. We are on all good podcast apps. Just search for The Expanse, an enterprise podcast. You can also get us through hollowsweetmedia.com. We're on there, mm-hmm. which is our main website. So you can actually go there and there's a load of direct links on there to uh, to take you to Apple Podcasts and things like that. We're now on Amazon Podcasts, if you haven't already found us yeah. on there. Amazon Music now has a podcast section. That was like a top secret thing as well. No one was allowed to yeah. say that we were going on there. I guess Amazon were trying to keep it quiet. Yes, so please follow us and subscribe to us on all those podcast platforms. We're on social media at NX01podcast. That is on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Anyway, that's the business. I think that's all the business. I've probably missed something. Depending on where you are in the world, Star Trek Enterprise is available on CBS All Access in america is it on netflix right now in america as well i think it's still on netflix for the moment i don't know where it is in canada probably on netflix netflix and like their crave or space whichever one's their app which you get discovery and picard and lower decks, lower yeah. decks on too so netflix for most of the world actually uh, you may have it on dvd or blu-ray oh amazon prime also has it too yeah in some countries yeah so get your copy in now press pause on this podcast However you're going to watch it, load it up, and we'll be back right after this with our audio commentary for Season 2, Episode 5, A Night in Sickbay. If you enjoy listening to The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast every week, then please consider supporting our show by becoming a patron. Visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash NX01 podcast to view our subscription tiers. Benefits of becoming a patron include earlier access to our episodes, bonus episodes, and much more. Your support helps us continue to maintain and exceed the high level of quality that you have come to expect from this show. To all our existing patrons, we appreciate you and your generosity so much. And to those of you considering joining us, we will be so thankful to welcome you into our group of patrons. Visit www.patreon.com forward slash nx01 podcast for more details you will also be able to find the website link in the details for this podcast episode welcome back to the expanse a star trek enterprise podcast now chris are you ready with your episode of star trek enterprise definitely okay right then we'll tee it up guys so i'm gonna go three two one and then we'll pr- we'll press play at the same time so we'll say play we're gonna say play 
I get nervous every time we do this each week when we record. This, count, <laughs> this countdown is the most stressful part of my week, I swear. Okay, so three, two, one, play. There we go. Nice establishing shot here. <laughs> and then into the sordid, <laughs> the sordid decon chamber. Oh my goodness. Which has a little bit of sordid music playing as well. Porthos being there makes it seem a little bit less like an orgy. Yeah, yeah. Unless, you know, people like that for some reason. <laughs> not, not to judge. But... <laughs> oh, I'm judging. I'm judging. <laughs> So obviously, they've just come back from the planet, and they are having to put decon gel on, so they're all scantily clad. Paul in her famous decon outfit now, I guess. I feel sorry for Jolene Blaylock in, in these yeah. scenes, because she is definitely just sexed up. And, yeah, it just I feel awkward in these decon scenes, man, for, for the actors. Yeah. Everything's on show. Like, they lose very little to the imagination with DePaul, for example. Mm-hmm. And, like, Hoshi. Look how straight up Hoshi's trying to stand. And, you know, they're just yeah. trying to make sure they're... I don't know, that their chest looks big enough for Rick Berman, <laughs> you know, and stuff like that. Yeah. It just seems... It just seems a bit... I don't know. Unnecessary? Unnecessary, yeah. Feel better, Porthos. Doc will have you good as new before you know it. I might even break the... No cheese roll tonight. I could imagine Scott Bakula in this episode in particular saying, like, are these scenes necessary? You know, do we need... Yeah. People talk about, like, sex scenes being uncomfortable to actually film. I bet they don't even come anywhere near a decon chamber scene. Right. Yeah, but poor Porthos, he's got to stay there. Yeah, well, that's the, uh, yeah, that's the big reveal in the teaser. Pothos, something's wrong with him still. Uh, so he's gonna have to stay in the decon chamber, and everyone else is picked out. up a pathogen. So when I watch this with the opening credits, it's weird because obviously I watch at least one episode a week normally for the mm-hmm. show for our podcast. But when I started listening to this uh, or my watch of this before we came on, I, I'd forgotten how beautiful the song was. I don't know, that's a controversial yeah. thing, but it just I love it. I love it. We. We are big fans of Faith of the Heart, especially seasons one and two. Yeah. I think it's because I've so recently watched three and four where they bastardized it that yeah. I forget how peaceful and um, inspiring. Hopeful. Hopeful. I was going to sing along then to it, but uh, <laughs> I won't. Still the uh, best opening credits to a Star mm-hmm. Trek show yet to be beaten by any of the new CBS All Access shows or Paramount Plus I guess that's what I should yeah, be calling them now it'll be for the new ones in, in a couple months mm. which my thinking on that is once it becomes Paramount Plus it'll be sort of like an Amazon Prime uh, Hulu type thing where it'll be available international and that's where We'll get all of our Star Trek needs. Yeah, you'd like to think so. Unless they can get more money from licensing it. Get out. Yeah, but it can't run on three. You know what happens at warp speed when you've only got three plasma injectors online. What are the odds of us? Remind me, if I could be wrong. Was it the plasma injectors that they needed to steal in damage in season three? Yeah, I think that's what it was. So this is a recurring good bit of continuity. This is a recurring mm-hmm. issue that we knew about already that they need to have a certain amount on the ship. Now watch when we do the commentary for damage, you know, in the future we'll be like, past us we're dumbasses. Yeah, we're completely wrong. Dependable. We could look for six months and not find anything half as compatible. We are a trained diplomat. Take the high road. Archer is so... (laughs) Take the high road. He is so moody, isn't he, in this whole... Mm-hmm. Episode. To Paul see if she can find out what we did. Yeah, he he still doesn't like you know figuring out what happened. You know, with the Vulcans. No, no. You'll have to use the isolation gloves. Did you run your tests? So this hits differently for me now because yeah, my family dog 
but I can't explain it. Passed away it shouldn't be uh, several weeks ago at the time of recording. But it is. And uh, I, I was there for it. And um, so what are you of doing? course, because of COVID-19, sure it all has to be done differently. How sure? Yeah. So face masks on when the, the vets are coming near it's and things like that. Right so right. seeing it's too early to Porthos tell. in this situation yeah. is... Um, when I associate it with that, it's actually quite uncomfortable to watch. Didn't we send his genome to the Cretassens along with ours? I transmitted them myself. Why did he even take Porthos on this mission? <laughs> well, because Porthos well, needed to, to feel some grass on his feet. Oh, I, I just can't wrap my head around it, why you would have taken him. I'm told I've offended these people twice. Once for eating in front of them. I guess I also good continuity bringing bringing the, the Cretassens back. From uh, Vox Sola in season one, yeah. If for anyone who doesn't remember that episode, it's the one where that sort of white webby creature is in the one of the cargo bays and they get stuck in it. Yeah. And it's the one where uh, Reed makes a force field for the first time. And they also actually appeared in an episode of Lower Decks. Yeah. They were, I don't think they were named as a species, but there's someone with the team that takes temporary charge of the uh, Cerritos. Did you reach them? Yes. And? I think we should discuss this in your ready room. Uh-oh, getting pulled into the office. Yeah. Like a bad boy. <laughs> No, she's like, you're not going to like this, sir. He's a bit, he's just a bit OTT in this episode, isn't he? He's so unprofessional sometimes. Yeah. What are you talking about? He's not like this in other episodes. It's just weird. No. That's fascinating. Did you apologize for whatever we did wrong? Are we going to get our plasma injector? The Cretacians consider the Alvira Trace cultural treasures. Apparently, Porthos urinated oh, on one and that's what they're insulted so about? this would be like Porthos chewing the leg of a cow in India. Yeah. So Porthos is, yeah, has pissed on an important tree. one of their precious trees. I conveyed your sincerest apologies to the Chancellor. Bear in mind now that in about what, ten episodes' time, Archer's going to rip trip a new one for. Uh, for not respecting another uh, culture's <laughs> beliefs. 17. 17 episodes. Okay, so I'm talking about episode uh, cogenitor for anyone who's not sure. But Archer is very uh, unsympathetic to what's happened here. Now he's threatened to piss on the trees. <laughs> himself. <laughs> and that that's really an American uh, thing right there too, you know. Just watch the movie Major League. You'll you'll see exactly what, what I'm talking about. You know they said when Enterprise was launching that this is uh, it's not your father's track. <laughs> they were definitely right about that. We haven't had any other episodes yeah. talking about a dog causing the peeing on a tree, peeing on a tree, and causing the diplomatic crisis. Also, you didn't really see water polo either. If you were a married man, I'd be wondering if your wife had thrown you out. <laughs> I find Flock so funny. You get some of the best one-liners. Mm -hmm. if it's all right with you. I don't think your dog is in any condition to know whether you're here or not. Well, then, maybe it'll cheer me up. Be my guest. Take your picture. I always loved seeing Archer out of uniform. Yeah. I don't know why. Just Scott Bakula just, just looks badass in, like, normal civilian clothing, so... There's sufficient information on similar Cordata. It was normal clothing as well. A lot of the other the other captains were when we saw them in their out of uniform, they were in the twenty fourth century's version of normal clothes. Yeah, which just generally looked awful most of the time. So it's really cool seeing Archer like this. Not exactly a dog, but you could say it's dog like, it has a tail, fur. In the cage they also had more of like a a 1960s style casual dress. You needn't be concerned. I hold six degrees in interspecies veterinary medicine. I thought you were just, you know, a people doctor. A people doctor. As a matter of fact, <laughs> I've also earned degrees in dentistry, hematology, botanical pharmacology. Fox has done a lot. I wonder how old he actually is. So It's one of those do do mysteries it? we never figured out. I believe I've eliminated the pathogen. 
question is whether well, at least that I can remember. I don't think they do. Um, not that they do tell us much, really, about that that sort of part of Flox's history or even Denoblin uh, lifespans yeah. and things. Before what, Doctor? We know that Denoblins are around in the 24th century because they recently got name dropped on Star Trek Lower Decks. And they've at least heard of the Sulaban, so we know that Star Trek Enterprise is canon. So exactly. Suck on that. Yeah, I love it. I was fist pumping the air during Star Trek Beyond so much. Just every time there was anything mm-hmm. from Enterprise that <laughs> established it as it's the only one that actually happened in <laughs> in the uh, Kelvin timeline. None of the other shows are canon in the Kelvin timeline. No. So I'm guessing that's a obviously a doll of some sort or something of Pothos yeah. there. Very well done, though. Because, mm-hmm. you know, this is HD. That kind of thing could have stuck out like a sore thumb, but I think it did really good work with it. Yeah. And, you know, at, at least we know they're not going to be sticking a unicorn or a, a horn on his head and <laughs> giving him a, a rat-looking tail. Oh no, Archer's going to get woken up. So, Archer's been woken by a noise right now. Or not even woken, he hasn't gone to sleep yet. And it's because, as you'll see, Dr. Phlox is trimming something. Oh gosh. I didn't want to see this. Uh, So basically, (laughs) Phlox is cutting his toenails, which are... I don't like feet anyway, so like... (laughs) This is depressing for me. It's part toenail, part claw. Yeah. They grow quite rapidly. Have to keep them groomed at least once a week. He says to keep them short. Just wanted to be sure you're okay. I do appreciate the effort to make flocks more alien. We saw it with the big smile yeah. as well uh, that comes later on the show, and the bit where when he's panicked, his defense mechanism is to like yeah. blow his face up Poops like up yeah. his face. but. I remember this part of the episode when he's cutting his toenails. I thought, did no one think during production of this episode that this may be an issue with with viewers? Because nothing's happening really in this episode. <laughs> now we see that you know they have incredibly long tongues, so they could be related to those two dancers that we saw in in uh, Broken Bow that were. Getting the butterflies. <laughs> Could be. You want to see flocks scantily clad, plucking butterflies <laughs> out of the air with his tongue? <laughs> maybe not flocks. Maybe Feasel, but not flocks. <laughs> uh, don't be greedy. How long was I asleep? Nearly an hour. I find no way that flocks didn't know that he was agitated archer in this because. He's he's very switched on to people's behavior and things and mm-hmm. what's going on and he must have known that he was <laughs> making a lot of noise. I'll uh, still need at least a couple of hours. Is he comfortable? Now, I guess say one of the things that I I think you know could explain this away a little bit is maybe you know Archer was having a fever dream from from catching something down on Cretacea because DePaul's like no you can't bring Porthos. Yes, I know it's been a while since he, he was on a on a field, but no. I still can't wrap my head around the fact that he would take Porthos down to a planet where I think Topol even might mention it either previously has or in this scene that they're having now that um, he knew that the Kratassans were easily offended and still took the dog yeah. down. So this is the uh, the gym which was introduced in season two if I remember right mm-hmm. of the show. Uh, I don't think we ever really saw much of it after season two. Well, we will in season five. <laughs> Check out the next writer's room. Well, actually, no, it's been in the first writer's room because that's where Travis and, and Styles were hanging oh, out. Right. At. Yeah, yeah, that's right. So I love this. Now, T'Pol isn't even breaking a sweat on the treadmill. Mm-hmm. Arch is trying to keep up. It's so dickish from Archer. I don't. Yeah. Not yet. I guess they haven't finished compiling. Maybe he was the one that needed to, to, to relieve a little something and not, you know, 
a platter. Yeah. I only want an appropriate apology. I'm sorry. They must hate doing scenes like this, though. Yeah. But Scott Bakula looks like a pro at doing it. Mm-hmm. Is... Jolene does look like she's, like, movie on TV running, you know? But I think, yeah. actually, that's her trying to keep, like, Vulcan, um, like, right. body posture kind of thing going on. Very dis- yeah. She looks disciplined doing it, doesn't she? It doesn't look natural, but it looks like a typical disciplined Vulcan. It, it's, it's natural for a Vulcan now to keep... Mm. To a little fresh air. I actually look like he's dying. Yeah. I like the um, the change of focus in this. So that one shot mm-hmm. showing them both and whoever wasn't talking getting moved out of focus and swapping it. What the hell does one have to do with the other? Isn't it? One, one thing I did like, you know, seeing here in the uh, in the gym was the, the little gyroscope thing. Like, you know, we we're supposed to believe that this was actually more used for workout equipment as opposed to, you know, getting yourself ready for space. Yeah. Beginning to understand something about human feelings. Not when it pertains to primitive quadrupeds who haven't developed the ability to speak or to use a toilet. So season two is probably the last time where DePaul was giving out lectures on how archers should be dealing with first contact situations. It's kind of a characteristic that I guess was kind of forgotten about. Yeah. Or maybe you could say that uh, Archer didn't really need that guidance anymore. Surprise, Toshi. Captain, I didn't. It's all right, Edson. We're on our way. I love that Hoshi just got caught out, trying to have a little yeah. laugh at Archer's expense with Paul. <laughs> that must happen more often than we know in Star Trek. Yeah. Like the first thing I would do is like check the cameras for where <laughs> where Paul is. Yeah. Is she yeah. alone before I start spilling this on her? Open channel. I was sure there'd be something in here about standing on one foot with my eyes shut reciting the night before Christmas. <laughs> no, no, see, you need to, you need to quote Hamlet in the original Klingon. <laughs> Let me know if this fits with your definition of an appropriate apology. Do we have a chance? Quite interesting seeing T'Pol and Hoshi being so, I guess, relaxed with each other and friendly because yeah. that was a very standoffish relationship at the start with, of the show, yeah. yeah. And it was interesting to see that they've obviously come quite far. Anaphylactic shock. Oh no. Have to worry about Porthos again. Porthos is in trouble. Exactly. It's not working. Is he going to die? Fill this... With five cc's of tetrasol, it's the blue fluid. I love the dramatic music as well. But let's be honest, I mean, if Porthos dies, this is like a Marley and me moment. Yeah. Honestly, that looks like a real dog to me. Mm-hmm. And I said it already, but I'm amazed every time I look at it. I don't think so. What? Good. They saved him. He was going to die. Well, at least for the time being. Plenty of life in that dog yet. Are you trying a different treatment? Mm. Let me guess. We'll know in a couple, a couple of hours. Yes. We'd all be the same, wouldn't we? If uh, oh yeah, dog in that situation How was progressing with the Cretacens? Oh, here we go. I think we're about to get the first sexual tension uh, suggestion. <laughs> I think. Not until I make a fool of myself by going through a, some series of ritual apologies. The fact that Porthos well, you is know, death, these people take their rituals and apologies very seriously. Yeah, they do. Yeah. thinks I care more about my dog than my ship. Isn't that delightful? What does Paul's opinion concern you? He's my science officer, my second in command. She should know more than anyone aboard how dedicated I am to this mission, to every member of my crew. You didn't uh, answer my question. Porthos has one paw in Beagle Heaven because these jerks didn't bother to look Beagle at Beagle Heaven. <laughs> it seems it does seem a bit like Archer wouldn't be talking like that. Yeah. <laughs> Cracking a joke. I'm thinking he was the one that actually caught the bug and 
He's sort of in a coma while Fox is fixing it. We can do fine with It was all a dream. We might get another. But that being said, it's still a fun episode. Though. Oh, definitely. Yeah. There are a few cringe moments in this episode, though. Yeah. Like that open decon. We're going to see a dream sequence coming another up. Another decon. Yeah. And on my own watching it, not an issue, but I, like, I remember when I first was introducing Katie to Enterprise, and I was thinking, like, how is she going to take these scenes? Because the episode, yeah, it's a fun episode. It's not yeah, not one of Enterprise's best ones, obviously, because there's some brilliant ones in Enterprise, but yeah, those scenes are, are rough. You never, you don't know how the person you're watching with is going to take them. And just imagine, you know, as this was coming out, the families that, that would watch it together. Like, what? kids and grandkids to together. To Admiral Forrest. I apologize, we weren't aware that it was required. It isn't a requirement. Same actor. It's simply a courtesy. Yeah. Something He's playing that. Potassium. I've actually just saw him on an episode of Modern Family this week. Ah. Yeah. Immediately recognized him. That it's been nearly three hours since he received Good to know he's still still out there acting. Yeah, it was season seven, so four or five years ago still. But ten years after his last Enterprise still looks exactly the same. He played a lot of characters in Star Trek as well. He's been in Voyager. I think he's played Klingons. Yeah. Uh, very common. I'm glad that we're kind of moving away from that in Star Trek now, though. And, like, the yeah. constant reuse, reusing of actors. Gets away from that sort of small company idea. Cool. You know? yeah. yeah. So um, I'd love to see some people back, like, you know, Jeffrey Combs and people, mm-hmm. but I don't want to see the same actor playing loads of roles on the one show. It just seems yeah. unnecessary nowadays. And yes, we are still going to clamor for this. We still want to see Archer back, mm-hmm. at least in a short trek. Yeah. Oh, God. Give it to me, please. Every time they say there's going to be news, like one of these virtual <laughs> these virtual cons, Fence. Yeah, I'm just like, come on, please be the we, Enterprise. We, we cross our fingers, but we don't hold our breath. We had a full Enterprise panel. I was convinced that was going to happen on Star Trek Day, and we didn't get it. And they were going to be like... We're, we're, we're getting the crew back together and we're finally going to give you guys the Romulan War. <laughs> there we go. You know, I think this episode nowadays would just be a short trek. Yeah. Like you cut it, you cut it down to 15, 16 minutes and it would be a short trek. And I think it would work absolutely fine in that, in that sort of context yeah. as well, you know? Oh dear. Thought you said your bat was supposed to be terrified of that thing. It should have been. Pyrithian moon hawks eat these bats. Oh. I know I got the silhouette right. But I mastered the call. Getting to see a bit more of sickbay than we normally see yeah. in this episode. It's a great set. That stuff isn't poisonous, is it? Yeah, I say it looks it looks like, you know, your modern doctor facility. What now? You know, I was um watching TNG this week and well today actually, and seeing Sick Bay and obviously now I know that Voyager's Sick Bay was just I believe the Enterprise D Sick Bay redressed. Yeah. And so you really notice it <laughs> when you know that you can see this the office is in the same place and all mm-hmm. that stuff, so it's nice that seeing this where a complete new design was put in place. Yeah. Like, you know, going going from the the, the D's sick bay to Bashir's sick bay. That and Porthos. Sexual tension, Captain. What is Flox doing? It's really inappropriate. Psychoanalyzing. So he thinks Archer's behavior is all down to the fact that he hasn't got laid. For the past few months, I've and he wants to bone to Paul. Yeah, and that he particularly wants to sleep with to Paul. Flox is really overstepping his, uh, his, his mark here, really. I, and we're getting to the point, really, where DePaul probably gets objectified more in, yeah. on the show than she ever is before or after this again, I think. Curious to know how Jolene felt. I'm pretty sure not happy. Mm. 
Or do they even really care about those things? I don't know. Well, you know, con considering who was running the show at the time, I don't think they care. I love that. <laughs> I love this bit. Hoshi just catches it. You couldn't make this episode now, could you? Not even for like yeah. the okay, the, the pacing and all these things. You couldn't you couldn't put this in an episode of Discovery or Picard, yeah. but you couldn't do the stuff that got done with DePaul. Like it yeah. just it would not work on TV. Now these maybe five years ago, but not now. Yeah, not now. And that's a good thing, I think. How's Parthos? I'll let you know. In a couple of hours. Unless you know there was equally objectified men. Mm-hmm. Everything okay? Nothing new. I'll stay with him. That's a fair point, yeah, because, Thanks. you know, even Archer's being Unless objectified like a little bit on this. But Paul. but certainly not to the degree that... Oh, not, not in any way like Paul, but just like Archer's having thoughts put in his head by another man that mm. he might not even necessarily be thinking. Um, had it not been sort of thrust upon him. He would never hesitate to offer his paw. Now, in timelines, I want to. I, I still need to see all the other characters like this because they do have flocks in this unit in this getup. All for one. I love the cinematography of this scene. Yeah. Whenever I think of this episode, I think of this scene. Cause it's just a weird scene for a Star Trek show. Visually, you know, and. I think it looks, it looks fantastic. Just because it's different. Really. Yeah. Here we go. I think it's pr probably this scene is the one where I think maybe we've gone too far, kids. Yeah. I still to this day don't understand why they can't put their own gel on. Yeah, well, because there there are some spots on your back that you can't reach. And... Okay, but it seems to me that they're rubbing bits that you can reach. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just point point the finger all back to to Berman. How much sex must have gone on in the decon chambers in Starfleet? <laughs> I see when these things existed for uh... a couple of decades, like. Even someone you're not interested in, you do a little yeah. bit, of, you put a little bit of gel on them, and before you know it, you're going at it. You're making little yeah. half human, half falcon babies. They need to be blonde and with southern accents. <laughs> little trip babies. Tell me, Captain, have you thought any more about why to Paul's opinion? This just looks uncomfortable to me. Yeah. Scott Bakula does not look. I'm not like saying that like exactly once, but I think maybe it's the direction that they've been given makes it look uncomfortable. Because yeah. Scott Bakula is, you know, he's a complete professional. If he was unhappy with something, you wouldn't know about it on screen. We know he hated the Enterprise finale, for example, but you wouldn't know it. Yeah. From his performance, but I mean, yeah, that was a uh, that bit was odd. Let's hope your dream wasn't prophetic. I've had a couple dreams that have come true, so I, I know exactly what you're talking about, Fox. <laughs> it doesn't appear to be doing very well. I could imagine this storyline being a... Not like the whole stuff with Archer, but the Pothos mm -hmm. situation being like a B-plot uh, episode. Yeah. And I think it would work quite well as well. I was crazy about... Even after yeah, I was saying, th this look for Bacula, though, looks like he... Uh, he actually just got back to Sam Beckett's body. Yeah. Four males in the litter. Oh boy. Four musketeers. I've had Porthos since he was six weeks old. Isn't it weird they made Porthos a boy when it was played uh, when he was played by girls? Yeah. I never understand that. Well, I guess they did the same thing with the uh, with Wishbone here in the states because Wishbone. Have any pets was basically this uh, Jack Russell Terrier that would play out stories for, for kids at, around the same time school let out here. The, 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 the reason reason is for it. Maybe the, the, the girl dogs are, are better better actors. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're more easily trained to do what they need to do. 
Yeah, she is. Oh god, here we go. It's a couple of uh, archers going to stumble over his words a little bit. You read the Crutessens document. Sorry. Sorry, I'm a little on edge. I haven't slept very much, but I'm doing the breast I... The best I can. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ensign Sato and I have broken down the reconciliation demand. That scene kind of reminds me a bit of uh, in the movie The Wild Wild West with uh, Will Smith and... No. Oh, I forget his name. <laughs> it's okay. When you get back to the bridge, why don't you send me your lips? Lisp. List. Oh dear. Oh dear. I wonder what Freud would say about this. Two slips within 30 seconds. Interesting. I love he calls them Polarian slips. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not Freudian slips or anything. What are you doing? My treatment was effective, at least partially. So this episode obviously follows the very strong opening four episodes of the season, and particularly the the two-parter, I guess you could call it, of Minefield and Dead Stop, very loosely yeah. connected anyway. And so this is a real tonal change. And maybe that's why this episode is where it is. Maybe they thought they needed to put a cooler in there. And after... Yeah, because, you know, Marauders and, and the Seventh were are the next two, and those are, are pretty heavy well, even episode eight, the communicator. Yeah. What's the tank for? I'll need to super hydrate the canine in order to minimize the shock. I'm waiting for Star Trek Lower Decks to do some kind of reference to this episode. Yeah. There should be no problem resuscitating him once the surgery is complete. How many times have you done this before? Never. <laughs> well, that's a lot of confidence. Not to my knowledge. You know, this isn't some guinea pig you're working on here. This is Porthos, my beagle, my pal. From what you're telling me, the closest thing your people have to pets are furry little things that go well with onions. <laughs> I mean, that is a that is a brilliant light, Captain. Yeah. Perhaps I'm insensitive to the bond between. I like that this episode though creates the trust with Archer and flocks over Porthos because. Mm -hmm. We see a, a few times, and Porthos ends up in Flox's care, really, when uh, yeah. Archer thinks that he's going to be going off to die or anything like that. So I'm guessing we're going into the final act now. Yeah, getting close. Let's say that some of my anger toward Paul had a component of sexual tension to it. I'm not saying it does, but just for the sake of argument. Yeah. Oh, that is some detail. That hole in his head. What am I supposed to do about it? Am I supposed to ignore it? Am I supposed to say something to her? Neither. Neither. If you were ignoring it, you obviously wouldn't be seeking my opinion. Especially under these circumstances. Archer wouldn't have really had any of these problems with his sexual tension and frustration if Flox had never mentioned it. <laughs> yeah. Subliminal message. Yeah, Flox just came in, created chaos, and then just slipped away <laughs> and and let other people deal with the mess. When will we know if the transplant's working? One step at a time. I like the costumes, yeah. Yeah. Kind of cool. So I can't ignore it. I can't talk about it. What do you suggest I do? Say so it looks like they what they did was just they just took normal lab coats and had them wear them backwards. Lower the fluidic temperature. Spray painted them. <laughs> if Porthos pulls through, will he need a special diet or treatments? Having a chameleon's pituitary gland? You may have trouble finding him. He'll have the ability to blend into his background when frightened. I love this. You're kidding. Yes, I am. <laughs> Archer just seemed like <laughs> he really believed that, didn't he? Yeah. He's all like, you son of a bitch. Sexual tension come from professional training or first-hand experience. I do have three wives. And they each have two husbands besides myself. Sounds very complicated. Very. Why else be polygamous? I still maintain that on De Nobler, 
everyone is technically married to each other. Yeah. By like just through you know, like a whole six degrees of separation thing. Yeah. I, I believe that everyone under Noble must be married in the, within the same family, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's the only way it can make it sense to me. Yeah. If they're all marrying two or three other people, it just doesn't work otherwise. My children all left the nest years ago, Captain. Looks like a tank full of iron and brew. Yeah. You don't look that old. I'll take that as a compliment. Flox's age. Comes up, but mm, not revealed. One's a surgeon, the other's a biochemist. How about the other three? My eldest son's an artist, a potter, actually. He lives in the same town as his mother, creates beautiful things. And the other two? My two younger sons and I never saw eye to eye. I'm afraid we have... This comes up in a later episode. Yeah. With Phlox and I think it was one of his sons, wasn't it? I'm sorry, I shouldn't have... It's um, was it um, to do with the um, the enemy species that they had? I think so. Even the other husbands? <laughs> but we Denobulans live a long time, Captain, and right now there's nowhere I'd rather be. I see, they live a long time. Yeah. This wonderful vessel of yours. So, theoretically, Flax could th- could show up in Strange <laughs> New Worlds. Yeah, there's not going to be time for any new stories on Strange New Worlds. We're going to be waiting for our Shran appearance uh, to Paul. Yeah. Flax now. You accused my entire species of being insensitive. Then I apologize to you and all your fellow Denokians. Well, I can't speak for the others, but uh, on behalf of myself, I accept. And to think, Paul told me you were incapable of apologizing. What? <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Pothos is better. I mean, Archer's actual makeup here is fantastic, i got to say. Yeah. And this actual shot is awesome as well. Yeah. Like I said, also in timelines they do have this archer here. They've they've labeled him Humboldt Archer. Oh, and that makeup is really good for the Katassians as well. There's no real reason for Trip to be there, so yeah. he's clearly just there. <laughs> yeah, other than being like third in command. He's there to see uh, Archer doing this little performance. I wish I had the physique of Jonathan Archer in about, I guess, 10 years' time by age. I haven't got that physique now. No. <laughs> I've got a lockdown belly. Yeah, we'll just call it Dad Bod and be done with it. <laughs> That's what I do, yeah. And they're happy. Yay. The last time we see him on Enterprise, I think, actually. Yeah. But we got the plasma injectors, so all is good. Yeah. That's a good little place to eat your food as well. Yeah. Sub Commander. Mr. Tucker reports that the new plasma injector is operating well within Starfleet parameters. Arch is much more relaxed now. Out of the kindness of their hearts. Evidently, the finesse you exhibited outside the Hall of Diplomacy was appreciated. Since I've been getting so much practice giving apologies, I thought I might give you one. That's not necessary. Yeah, it is. I've been under a lot yeah, of stress. With that, though, they didn't quite do a good enough job because I can kind of tell where my dog he's just standing in front of a green screen. <laughs> At least on my Whatever version. Oh, really? Friction, there's been yeah. Us. Uh, not noticeable on mine. Friction is to be expected whenever people... I think I was listening to um, Delta Flyers, the Voyager mm-hmm. podcast by Garrett Wang and uh, Robert Duncan uh, McNeil, and they spoke about how 
there was three different ways they would outside the windows they'd have to have for like um, the star fields. So if it was if the ship wasn't at warp at all, it was just stationary. It would just they just have like a I guess a canvas behind with stars on it. If it was going at was it impulse i think they said that they would yeah. have screens they'd put like mm-hmm. monitors uh, in those window bits and if it was warp then it was green screen yeah apparently so presumably enterprise was doing the exact same thing yeah yeah i think they just picked up the picked up and did the same and if you notice you know the later we get in star trek produ- production the more we see the being able to look out a window during war. Mm. That seems interesting as well. I think Archer kind of took it as... There's the insinuation that maybe Paul was just as interested in Archer, uh, I thought, but that she'd also determined that uh, it would not be possible due to uh, their positions and stuff. And that's kind of the end, I guess, of the archer Paul sort of hinting. They were never hitting you over the head with it. But there right. had been during that first season Subbles, and a half. Yeah. yeah, there was a some sort of suggestion that Archer and DePaul there was an interest there. And in a way they they did pay off, you know, did pay that off in, in Twilight, but Yes, they did, yeah. And you saw in These Are the Voyages that albeit a holodeck re- uh, recreation the Archer and DePaul relationship almost became something even more intimate than yeah. an actual intimate relationship. You know, they seem to just have a, a care for each other that goes beyond, sort of, I guess, romance. And, yeah. You know, she's doing his, tidying up his uniform for him. And, and Porthos is better. Yay. Wee. Sick bay's all yours. It's got a nice, nice little band-aid there. The further in the series they got, the better they had had that Denoblian smile. Oh yeah, yeah, it's proper CGI. I don't think it was CGI there. It didn't look like it was, did it? But it's definitely CGI. The smile later on in the show. Yeah. Well, because when we first see it, it's like really far up. Here, here, it's a little more subtle. So that was a night in sick bay. Uh, enjoy your rewatch of that, Chris. Yes, I did. Now, like I said, today I didn't have have a chance to to rewatch it, so this was sort of my my fir- first time watching it in a while. So. Oh, great, great! Yeah, I've just watched. I've now watched that episode twice in the last couple of hours, <laughs> doing my homework. So uh, yeah, Night in Sick Bay. I, I enjoyed it, and it uh, it had it has its flaws. Look, we're not going to pretend it hasn't, right. but I admired that they were trying to do something very different in this. To yeah. I guess any anything we'd seen for years in Star Trek. So, and taking advantage of having a dog and stuff on the ship, you know, they really, it it did take advantage of the setting of the show, I think. Anything else you'd like to say then on on this week's audio commentary? Probably, if it weren't for as many of the decon scenes that we saw, it would be a little bit better than than Precious Cargo. Mm. But definitely better than, you know, some of the stuff from TNG that's that's the worst. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, some season one and two uh, episodes would be on that list, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay, brilliant. Well, thank you very much to everyone who has joined us for this. I hope you've enjoyed listening to us, and I hope you've enjoyed revisiting A Night in Sick Bay as much as we have. Uh, we'll be back next week with a character study of Malcolm Reed. On 28th of October 2020, our weekly discussion will focus on the Enterprise novel What Price Honor. This was a second original Enterprise novel following by the book, which we have previously reviewed on this podcast. If you'd like to be fully knowledgeable of what we discuss in our 28th of October show, then please dig out your copy of What Price Honor or visit an online retailer to purchase a copy. We look forward to our next book club discussion.
The Expanse, a Star Trek Enterprise podcast, is produced and hosted by Chris Hill and myself, Kyle West, and is a part of the Holosuite Media Podcast Network. To keep up to date with all the news and updates from The Expanse, be sure to follow NX01Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find Chris Hill on Twitter at the Chris Hill and myself on Twitter at Kyle Thomas West. To join the Holosuite Media Community Discussion Group, simply type The Nexus into the Facebook search bar and we'll see you there. Thank you for listening. This show is brought to you by Holosuite Media. Computer, list other available Holosuite Media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program for Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. When Mariner realizes that these characters behave exactly how they, how their normal counterparts do, she quickly rewrites it into a movie and adds in some set pieces, as she says, and things like that. She basically is going to plan to kill her mum painfully and horribly. In the holodeck to help her. just her mum. Everyone, yeah. To help her get over her her issues, I guess. It seems like a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Loading Holosuite preview program for Starbase One, a Star Trek online podcast. I don't really think that's a good idea. I order you to do it right now. Warning. The structural integrity field has collapsed. This is Admiral Quinn. You will be assigned to Starbase One. Welcome to Starbase One. I'm Colin. I'm Admiral Aaron. I'm Dave. I'm Steve. And I'm Tom. Starbase One is a dedicated Star Trek Online podcast. If you're a first-time listener, hello. If you're a dedicated decade listener and you've been wondering where the hell we are, we're back. Loading Holosuite preview program for Starpod Log, a classic science fiction and fantasy podcast. Well, and, and it's amazing reading, reading that description of the movie, because if I was going to write a description of Star Wars, that's not exactly what I would say. <laughs> but but I mean, but yeah, yeah, it's neat to go back and read these and you're going, wow, that's just, you know, they, they don't really make it sound as exciting there, but they still, I mean, they make it look like, yeah, you want to see it, but, but not for, for those reasons exactly. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.